Welcome to the podcast that puts a finger on the pulse of revenue and technology. On this show, you'll hear from industry experts, executives, and investors on the art of transforming B2B businesses into scale-up insurgents. This is Revenue Uncoded. Welcome to the podcast this week on Revenue Uncoded. Hey, man. Uncoded, uncoded. Yeah, this so week, hey, hey, big week. Big week. Big weekend. weekend. Chiefs Super Bowl. Chiefs Super Bowl. Again, third time in the Can last four say, years, I, I believe. The, I hear the D word. Dynast, dynasty? Dynasty? I think a lot, dynasty. Of people, a lot of people in Buffalo and Cincinnati uh, are not pleased with our attendance. And we're starting to get this little um, kind of like Patriots feel where everybody hated the Patriots and everybody hated Tom Brownie, Brady. Now they're starting to hate Mahomes. How can you hate Mahomes? He's just a nice guy. He's the nicest guy he's in the world. He's a nice guy. Makes right. incredible He's work. not a jack nice guy. guy. He's, he's a, a fantastic nice guy. guy. He's right? a nice guy. And he's right. a good he actor. He knows yeah. what he's doing. So what I, is the common factor here? A nice guy who knows what he's doing. Boom. There we go. So A leader that, that gives praise to his team and works with them so the group is better. Wow. Wow. That's Crazy a, concept. That's a great concept. I saw that one on LinkedIn before. Uh, yeah, today that with, was a good uh, one. With uh, Michelle Powell. We'll, spec mm-hmm. that. we'll give out a shout to Michelle. She's had a great quote on, on LinkedIn this week. Yes. Um, so, so speaking of game day, right, I'm going to draw an analogy of game day when, on, when on vendors are sitting there and they're you know, getting together and they're like, oh, my God, we've got the demo coming up. The big demo, right? So Sunday with the Chiefs, but in the BSS world, and on you know kind of the the, the bigger topic of vendor selection, um, we're going to talk today about the vendor selection demo. The demo. Yeah. Demo. Oh, and we can't say the uh, the super thing. It has to be the big game, right? Or we'll get. Or we could easily wind up in trouble. Oh, that's right. Well, copyright so, laws. So today, Bill Griffin, yeah, Brian Preston, and joining us remotely, Barbara Lancaster. Oh, hello, Barbara Lancaster. Hi, guys. All right. So Barbara, all right. I'm good. I'm. If you're okay with this, I'm going to give a little background on Barbara. So Barbara and I have known each other for 15, 18 years, thereabouts. Uh, she's been affiliated with our um, our company and our product for a long, long time, um, but uh, she does have a little bit of experience in the BSS space. Um, she likes to say four decades. I think that's crazy. I don't buy that. But uh, but she has been around a lot of variables. She's held her own cons- consulting companies for years that did some amazing things. Um, in around the BSS side, one, another one of those Canadians. We got more Canucks up there, right? Yeah. Man, no matter yep. what we do, we just can't get rid of the Canadian influence. Good job, eh? Hey, hey. And you don't want to. So, yeah. um, so good friend, uh, very knowledgeable in the space. Hello, Barbara Lancaster. I'm delighted to be here. There you go. Did I miss anything about your background? Would you like to say anything or share anything else? No, that four decades takes a little while to collapse. <laughs> but uh, and hey, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great, Barb. Great. I, I think she started with smoke signals as a CSR at you know Bell Canada or something like that. That's exactly so, right. So. That's how we used to get customer orders done was with smoke signals. Uh, all right. So speaking of signals, let's let's just talk about this thing demos. All right, so, um, um, you know, and the reason why we want to kind of talk about it is that, um, you know, demos, like I said, are, are kind of like, you know, the big thing, right? And, and when any organization is out looking for 
um, software. I don't care if it's BSS or whatever. You know, hey, show me the demo, right? You know, just get me to the demo. So I want to see it. Show me what it does. Show Can me you what do it does. This? Show me that interface. Can show me how you would together? set this up. Go do that. Go do that. Yeah. So those are big questions, right? On if you're doing a demo, because mm -hmm. the the buyer's expectations in their head versus what you have in your demo mm -hmm. can be miles apart. Yes. You could actually get to the solution, but when you go to show it, mm, mm. it can be the big bomb yeah. as yeah. it can turn out to yeah. be. And, and, then, and then now we're kind of talking again, yes. you know, um, as it relates to BSS, right? You know, if you're a subscription management BSS vendor that shows recurring charges, you know, hey, here's our nice, pretty interface. Isn't it nice? And it all shows up here. Add, Click, change, boom, delete. Boom. Real simple, right? Mm -hmm. But but in your if you're in a B2B world, it's not that simple, is it? No. Because every organization's got their own rules, their own requirements, their own how, how they treat things, how they define things. One of the one of the observations that I've seen is that, you know, I've seen a you know seven different telcos define one thing seven different ways. Right, so so even though you would think it's all TM form centric and uniform, it's not always. Right, it's mm -hmm. very different. That's a that's a such an important point that you're raising, Bill, because for a long time, telcos have been trained to think that they are unique, which substantiates a unique price. There we go. Which justifies right. or substantiates? Justifies. Yes, yes. So mm -hmm. if if everyone actually were kind of operating the same, oh, gee, I don't know, phone company with services to consumers and to business customers, then the expectation would be that you could buy software that would underpin the normal operations of such an organization. But wait. There's more. But wait, there's more. If you're not just run-of-the-mill, if you are unique and your service offerings are unique and your customer service policies are unique, then you need a bespoke solution. Mm -hmm. So this supports tremendous pricing flexibility, let's uh, yes. put it that way, but it gets in the way of figuring out what you should and could demo. Hmm. Well, if... You know, what, what, you bring up some good points there, right? So one thing is, is that I'm automatically, I go to, well, if I'm, uh, you know, a, a smaller CLAC or I'm a middle-sized regional CLAC, then that telco in a box solution, that's the one for me, right? right? But I have heard numerous times, you know, numerous times that everybody, when they go to shop for a system, they're like, I don't want a telco in a box, I don't want to be constrained by, you know, what they consider to be the the appropriate, you know, definitions. I my business is different, right? So so inevitably, but you always start off at the demo. So maybe I should circle back Let's to circle the demo. back to the demo. Let's circle back that, to the demo. That that's the thing you wind up having to kind of paint that first picture of how you would help this company that's really unique and different mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. with what they're going to do utilize this offering that you have for them. Yep. So your demo is your first foot forward that speaks to a number of different uh, stakeholders within a, a buying organization. Yep. So you, you may have some IT network, you've got finance, other people that, that would be involved and take a look at it. And your demo, it's like that 
first chance to make your first impression, it is. Don't screw it up. Don't screw it up because it's bad. Don't go screw it up. You need to make it put a best foot forward. So when you when you look at that, what are some of the main challenges of producing and demoing well? If you're going to when you're demoing a complex system mm-hmm. to uh, a buyer that has unique expectations for what they want to see and, and in their mind, does your software do what I need? Does your solution do what I need? We're trying to meet those goals. So mm-hmm. what would be the preamble steps before you ever even went to the demo? You would want to, you would want to figure out what those hotspots are, right? With them. Because mm-hmm. it's just a generic can demo plays like a generic, you know, generic, can demo. It's like buying the frame. You hope the picture that comes with it looks good because you, you haven't replaced it yet. So, so that, that that's the problem with the canned one. Yeah. You know, they want to see their family, their business in the frame. Uh, but in order to do that, when you have a complex set of data and uh, solutions, what well, do you do? Well, in my so experience, Brian, right? You're, you're oh, right. Go ahead, Barbara. They want to see. So. They want to see their company reflected in your demo, so their product names, their pricing plans, their branding, and yet this is often the first real conversation because, you know, they've done their homework, they've been on your website, they've been on the website of several shortlisted competitors. Usually, yeah. They have a good understanding, if you've done a good job with your website, they have a good understanding of what your differentiation points are and what they can expect. And they sort of, even though they've never spoken live, they expect exactly, as you said, to see their family on the screen. And yet, that's not very realistic. (laughs) So, as you're saying, how do we do the same thing? How do we dig in and do our homework on who are these people? What and, do they and, bring to the yeah, market? Yeah, and, and we is everybody, right? Yeah. Not it's not Kansas. It's, no, yeah, it's yeah, everybody yeah. in the space, everybody in the technology. These are those space, steps right? you want to be considering, right? Yeah. Because you know, you've got your picture frame. Mm-hmm. Which family is going to show up in that frame yeah. into the mirror of the people that are looking at it? I, I, I always think is it about Uncle it, Fester. <laughs> Uncle Fester. <laughs> so Uncle, you don't want Uncle Fester, no, you don't want that. unless hey. you know the customer really likes Uncle Fester. I, it needs to be smooth. So, but but usually there's a scout, right? Somebody who's chartered with doing some information collection, yes. and he's a scout, um, yes. and just says, I, "I'll never forget." You know, we were in a management meeting one day. And, you know, a scout calls us up and says, hey, um, I'm making a billing system decision here and I need to see your system this afternoon. Ready, set, go. You know, I'm, yeah, I mean, we were in a management meeting. There was like eight or nine of us there. And we're sitting there. He's like, what? Well, you know, but what do we, we who are you? What do you do? What who are you? you? <laughs> no, this kind of, I want to see a demo. I want to see your demo now. Uh, well, well, and I um, want to see your checkbook. All right. So, yeah, so, so the conversation with this person was, well, we, we don't really work like that. You know? so, so we had a nice conversation. Inevitably, fast forward, you know, that organization ended up selecting our organization because it was a fit for XYZ. But the race to the demo was, you know, roughly a week and a half later or two weeks later. So, so I, I do think... There's, there's really kind of two flavors of a demo. 
I do think every vendor should have a generic demo, right? That's the, the at least, hey, this yeah. is what the interface looks like. Now, here's the high-level functionality and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but, but to go to uh, a real demonstration, all right, that really addresses their pain points, right? And that's just good discovery and information gathering and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and the right way is to collect scrubbed information from them, right? And, you, you know, so yeah. then you say, well, we're going to have a, a point of uh, a POC demo quasi. So you, you kind of have to put a little boundary around it and say, well, I'm not going to build your own system around a demo. But that, that costs money and time. Well, yeah, I mean. And, and, but and, we, can get, we can get there pretty close, which, so what are the benefits in being able vendor, to do something like that? Correct, right? All yeah. of us, right? But, yeah. Um, so. So, so, so it probably starts with, you know, when, when the organization kind of reaches out to a vendor, all right, and they're usually going to have half a dozen things that they say, this, this is really important to us, right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Make or break. Yeah. And then if you want to kind of give them the, the quick and dirty, you can do that. Um, you know, but, but what's interesting on the quick and dirty is that, you know, a quick and dirty by industry vertical is inordinately different. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, you know, transportation industry versus telco versus financial services versus all those, just the quick yeah. and dirt. It's almost as if you need, you know, two dozen vertical demo, generic demos. Uh, just in the one vertical of communications and technology and it's, uh, the uh, delivery of these data services. Yeah. Well, I just said a whole mouthful of different well, things, and, and you just you, you just spit out four different flavors of one vertical. And that's but you you have to be able to engage with all of those elements when you're going to bill it, mm -hmm. because each one of those rolls into your billing system. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to demo, you at least need to. This is my opinion, and mm -hmm. I've seen this several times, so I think it's right. But. What I'm going to say is you have to be able to be fluid and flexible enough to show and speak to each one of those items, even though you may not be able to have an applied piece of software mm -hmm. to demo real functionality at that moment based on the complexity of the back office that would be normally be feeding it. Mm -hmm. But you should be able to paint that picture, I would think, yeah, up would front think. And, and speak to those challenges uh, and hit hit like, you know, the 80-20 rule. Now, 80% of the stuff I can show you pretty well exactly what we do, but 20% of it is so custom to your environment that yeah. that's going to be a, that's and, going to be a more involved process. And, and, and by the way, I'm, I, you know, most um, buyers are not um, insane. They don't have unrealistic expectations, right? They're, they tend to be a little more pragmatic. But here's, all right, so I'm going to flip Usually. to the consultant. All right, so Miss Barbara, here is yes, your sir. hypothetical. Yep. Put on your old consulting hat. You have yep. now been engaged as the BSS, OSS um, selection assistance consultant to go yep. gather information. Yes. Go. What do you do? Huh. <laughs> so, something, something that I've actually done. I would think you've done it a few so, times before. So, yes. so thanks for the question. Uh, so my job, if, if I'm trying to help the buyer shortlist, first of all, customer vendors 
that are worth exploring further. The first thing I have to do is really understand what the buyer wants, who they are, what their priorities are, where their no-go are. That's what they're looking to me to do. Uh, the most fun um, when we had that role, when a vendor kept trying to reach to the buyer and the buyer would simply say, call Barbara and hang up. Ooh. So, because that's the job, job right? So, right. a gatekeeper. But in order for, for me to do a good job as a gatekeeper, I really do have to understand. I have to understand their their habits, their foibles, their hot points. Their, their culture. Budget. And so, that allows the vendor selection support consultant to do a good job. Um, in turn, that means you should have a clue what all of those things actually mean from having done the job yourself. Mm -hmm. But when we reach out to a vendor to say, here's the high-level description of the buyer, we have to do that in order to let the, the vendor have a decent opportunity of best foot forward. As you said earlier, Brian, we as vendors can show a plethora of business functions and different approaches and different process flows and works Lowe's exception handling, all that stuff. But if we know a little bit about the buyer, then we can focus on what's a good use of their listening time. Mm -hmm. So and when you, you focus on those items, as practitioners, you've both sat and talked and worked with on both sides of the equation, with the vendor and with the and with the purchaser, with the, the yep. customer per se. Yes. So when you're looking to set up a demo in today's world versus what it was just 10 years ago on the technology and the pieces that you want to be able to demonstrate with your customers, what do you think are probably your top three things you would want to be able to convey when you were doing a demo, given, given you're selling a billing system? So what are the things, not so much that you want to convey, what are the methods you would use to make sure that your messaging conveys well, whatever well, it happens to be? Well, usually take a step back. What usually happens is that, what usually happens is that, you know, there's this uh, RFP requirements spreadsheet that I think yeah. has been you know, kind of like the town bicycle, right? Everybody's been out on a ride for it, right? Mm -hmm. It just it just circulates from from organization to organization to organization, picking up collateral uh, questions. At, you know, and here are here are nine hundred and fifty questions. You know, yes, no, maybe, right? All right. So you get all this stuff, and so you're and, and so you know, but a good consultant, even if they're using a starting. RFP document with all these questions, right? They'll, they'll kind of, um, they'll kind of say, "Whoa, time out, time out." You know, these thirty-five questions are idiotic. You know, they don't apply to us, right? So a good, a good uh, BSS consultant will be able to kind of do that mapping. Um, but you know, so once you kind of get through that. You know, and then you you go through a blessings, and uh, you, you say, "All right, well, you've you've answered seventy nine point three percent correctly on this nine hundred <laughs> requirement document. So you are now in the top fifteen. All right, good. So you go to that next fifteen, and so then you get to the demo, right? And so, 
So uh, here's, here's what I think um, we advocate, and I think it's a better approach, is you know, if, if you have to go through that process, you have to go through that process. But, but give us some of your data. Mm -hmm. Scrub that data, right? All right. Let's, let's, let's kind of figure out your top five or six issues, right, or challenges or, or pains that you're really trying to address you know, with with the selection of a new system, right? Yep. And so then, you know, you'll say, you'll listen to it and say, well, what would you like to do, right? So then, so you kind of take all that information, you go through this process. And, and on a related note, I am going to tell a side story. There is a top 20 corporation in the world that needed a billing system to launch a new strategic uh, line of business. And um, it, it got down to two, it got down to a short list of two. One is a multinational, very large organization, and they brought them in to the world headquarters, um, which is a very large world headquarters, somewhere in North America, I'll just leave it at that. And they basically said, Here's our data. Here's our here's our use cases. You've got four days. Go, <laughs> right? And so yeah. um, we were fortunate to have some really talented people that went through the whole process and provided what they wanted. You know, whereas another organization that was very large, you know, came in with some brilliant powerpoints and you know all those sorts of things. You know. And they're like, well, where's your, where's the demo? Where's the, where's the our information? The well, solution? you don't understand. That's part of the next phase. You, but look at this wonderful PowerPoint, right? <laughs> and so, uh, now, Barb, you know what I'm talking about, but yeah. we cannot, we cannot say what it is, right? But, but, and we ended up doing that. And we worked with that very large organization for six years, right? Um, and it was. Now, a, it was how great. is that a sad story, Bill? Well, it's it's not a sad story. It's about the nimbleness of your ability to deliver a demo quickly that means something to the customer for what their use cases are, for why so they're going to do business with you. Now we're hitting on something a little bit different than the demo. Now yes, I'm sorry. We are going off track. We're off going off topic. Right now we're getting close to the truth. Is your software configurable? You can't handle not? the truth. Or is it coding? Right. And yeah. that's what that particular bake-off demonstrated, mm -hmm. that the software, one company's software was configurable, mm -hmm. allowing an expert team mm -hmm. in four days to actually present a, a pretty comprehensive solution working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, compared to the other vendor who could set out the theory of what they would build. Right. And um, this is a really important point for the demo because if the buyer, if the buyer's uh, higher priorities includes configurability versus hard coding or, or difficult, configuration, um, then that makes a big difference. So what that buyer should be looking for in, in a fairly quick demo is how easy is it to actually change what I'm seeing 
in the demo. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the fun things that we used to do um, with um, customers would would be, of course, most interested in how do they monetize their portfolio of products and services. That's key, right, to, to almost every company. How do they bring things to market that customers will pay them for, but are slightly differentiated from something very similar from a competitor. So what we used to offer is we used to say, well, we actually can configure a new product for you, a new pricing plan with different parameters, and we can do it right here, you know, in the demo. And usually they would say, no way. And we'd say, say, okay, I'll tell you what. What? No way. Way. what's What's your dog's name? And they'd tell us the dog's name, Sparky. So we would create a new product offering called Sparky. And well, what do you want Sparky to include? And how much is Sparky going to cost? And is that, you know, is it pay-per-use? Is it subscription? Is it volume tier-based? What do you want? And we put in all the parameters into the product catalog. And then we'd synchronize and we'd launch Sparky. And you go back out and Sparky is now available to order. That blew people away. Mm-hmm. Who cared about that sort of product? flexibility and fast launch to market. Mm -hmm. It would mean nothing to somebody who had a different set of priorities and problems, right? But absolutely. Very cool. Let's let's talk one second about our demo disaster stories. Demo disaster. (laughs) Because I think I think all the spinning ball of death is what I call it. Oh the spinning ball of death. The uh my gosh, it works in the office. Uh, there you are, and you know. Oh my God! Now my laptop won't start. I can't just. I don't have the right cable to plug into the projector. You can't see it. Oh. Uh, you know, and I put it on a CD-ROM and sat on it, and my dog ate it. Uh, you know, the, the the number of times where that uh, the mechanism of how you do that demonstration yeah whether it's live whether it's a um well live is really where you that's the happy place to be yeah well well to, to me you know, i'm thinking about the spinning ball of death because i've been there oh my where, God. where you're sitting yeah. where you're sending a query a data query and it's just the um a spinning, you know, where you're waiting for the query to come back. And you hear a and, modem go and, off And it's just, and it's going in circles and circles. And now you're like, yeah, it should be any second yeah. now. Oh, no. Look, yeah, look, 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 Elvis look is the over there. So, <laughs> this is uh, great. so, uh, we've all been there, right? But, um, but usually that that's a function of, uh, you know, do you have a dedicated, uh, demo environment, you know, is it clean and is it, you know, right. is all the yeah. data scrub and, you know, you know, just a caveat to all of the buyers out there is that, you know, all of these vendors, you know, are spending hours and hours orchestrating the perfect first representation, usually in their generic demo, usually. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so there's, you know, there are people who are, you know, Tested once, twice, three times, and the environments are all kind of, you know, pristine, clean, and um, and so you know, yeah. the the advice to buyers is, you know, don't be too caught up in that canned off the shelf demo because you're right. seeing the absolute best of the software right that is that is a finely tuned orchestrated event 
right? And they and usually it still may not work right. And it's filling, yeah. But you know, yeah. so um, Q you know, spinning ball, spinning balls. <laughs> so um, you know, and, and, you that's know, another I, I, another really important point that you're bringing up, Bill, and that is the sort of the sequence and the cadence of the conversation, mm-hmm. right? So it's it is really important. So the buyers have done lots of homework. They've uh, shortlisted 15 um, uh, solutions that they want to have a closer look at. Hopefully the conversation includes some discussion about priorities and budgets and timeframes, the things that it it is a two-way conversation, right? It -hmm. it is a relationship that has to work for both the vendor and the the buyer. Mm -hmm. So that base level setting relationships and uh, get all of that done. And then you're still going to want to start with a less time intensive demo, something that you don't have to have three or four, you know, solution engineers working on for a couple of days to tune. You're still going to want to show off. These are the cool things about our solution that are interesting to many people, hopefully to you too, Mm -hmm. and create, you know, so it is that layered discussion. And then if the conversation continues and both parties continue to like each other and think that there's a good fit here, now you're both interested in investing more time, more effort in moving Correct. to the next step. Mutual investment. That's true. That is mm-hmm. true. And it, and, and it is a significant investment of time you know, on their scout or their consultant or their key stakeholders. The 10 people that show up in the room that are the stakeholders to watch the demo with the spinning ball. Oh, man, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse when you show up and, you know, there's this long, you know, uh, conference room table and there's 15 people on both sides, you know, the finance guy and the product guy and the IT guy and this and that. They've all got their questions and they're sitting there focused and they're waiting their turn to just, you know, you know, laser you. And inevitably that that happens and you get the spinning ball of death. And now post-COVID, you have the other thing where you're doing the demo remotely through a team or Zoom, uh, kind of a shared uh, screen environment. So luckily, you're probably able to at least demo from your facilities as the as the demoer so that you're showing it through the screen. But. We've seen a number of times where uh, the technology of this Teams and Zoom, et cetera, somebody plays a canned video or something in it, and it doesn't work well in through right. the streaming technology, so much latency, lag, and things that it's another one. I'm just bringing it out as a point mm-hmm. uh, for people to think about that if you've got that nice presentation you really need to demo it to yourself and your own internal team members to see if it's going to play well through remote technology streaming mm-hmm. technology zoom mm-hmm. uh, you know and what what can you do do you need to hook your laptop up as its own web camera specifically mm-hmm. well that works better so those are all those are technical things you need to kind of take uh, into consideration cuz that's the new that's the post covid uh type of spinning ball uh, you put it on there and it's max headroom talking to you mm-hmm. and then the audio cuts out mm-hmm. and then you once again you're back to hey mm-hmm. look there's birds and things and it's all wonderful <laughs> see when Sock i would puppets. see when I, I was thinking about that conference table one time i saw somebody that had lost interest or that wasn't her topic right and so i saw her kind of doing something 
and and all of a sudden I just kind of I said, and that's the functionality that that I would really wanted to kind of fuck. What do you think about that, Becky? And she's like, <laughs> uh, well, I you know it's just fun, you know, just yeah. boom, throw them a little curveball, throw yeah. a little zing, you know, you know, you got a lot of sweat and time and effort to put into this thing. So, um, but but I think the the real takeaway for me is when you get to a real applied demo that is taking into consideration their processes, their priorities, and their data scrubbed, and you're showing it to them. It is a complex, it is a, a unique entity, a unique instance of software tied to their world, right? That, um, you know, if... if in, and, on, and a lot of times it's it's usually a first cut, right? You know, mm -hmm. so uh, and a first cut on on the software development world for B two B complex. You know, I, I don't know anything where your first cut is just you know it just sings and it's perfect, right? No, that's just persona non grata. It just doesn't happen. You usually wake up afterwards and go, oh, I was dreaming. <laughs> I was dreaming, oh. right? So so it's you know even the applied demo process can be an iterative refinement. Mm -hmm approach right and you I want to kind really of test like it as much that. as you can but you never know what question and and what's also more dangerous with that is that when you get curveballs thrown at you from that you know that conference room table well that's really great but you know can you show me how that applies to the aging policy and you're like well, well, well you know so you got to be able to react to mm -hmm. to that as well right so it's it's a I, different space in the b2b complex world I think, Bill, your, your term applied demo is really great because so we have, you know, sort of the generic demo that pretty much if somebody calls up and says, well, could you show me a little bit of, you know, customer service workflow? Sure, we can, you know, but recognizing that it's it's generic, it may not fit your needs, but it's easy to change. OK, so you do that. You continue on the conversation, you get to know each other better, you get to know priorities, you get, get to, to know personalities, you get yes. to know what Becky cares about, mm -hmm. right? And now you get close to that applied demo. The cool thing about an applied demo is now there's kind of buy-in on, again, both sides of the relationship. The buyer is now keen to see their business, their data, their products and services, pricing plans, contracts, settlement. They're keen to see that live working in your software. You're keen to show that. And the other huge benefit of that is this is likely reusable. Yes, right? it is. As relationship it's, a, it's a starting, it's a prototype start, right? It it's, it's exactly start, correct. Right? And that's... It's important to bring that up. It, it is, that. and 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 hopefully, you know, if you're on the buyer side, you know, this is if you're investing that time, both sides of the equation. You know, it's not something you just want to, you know, throw away, right? It's something that you can use as a good starting point. So, if we were to kind of walk through, let's wrap up what we talked about. Yeah. Our pluses for yeah. a demo. Mm -hmm. Let's let's do our first speed round. Uh, the top oh, speed three round. things that Shit. you think. Sorry. You'd want to you'd want to consider when you're going to do a demo in a complex to a complex uh, customer. Bill goes first, then Barbara. Your top three, go. 
Well, well, obviously, you know, having a really understanding of, of what their challenges are, what's was really painful, um, and that we've gone through, and that we've we've collected information from them, and that we are working toward that applied demo, and to convey to the customer that this is a a real prototype, that we are using their information to, and uh, it, it may not be perfect. Uh, but hopefully it gets you at least 80% there to being able to kind of recognize how a vendor can address and solve their challenges. Okay. Um, and then once you, once you get there, it's okay to throw that vendor a curveball during, during the, during the presentation. <laughs> keep, if I'm a, if I'm a recommendation to the buyers, keep your curveball and throw it to them and see how they react. Um, Th those would be my initial reactions. Okay, Barbara. The top three things um, to think about as the vendor in preparing for a demo to a customer that is in a large, complex industry where we know we have a great fit, uh, but we want to make sure that we hit the highlights as close to their pain points as possible. So that's number one. How do we do that? Trying to build a relationship with either their shopper or with a member or two or three of the buyer team themselves, if we can get to them. The next thing I think we really have to do in considering the scope and timing of the demo is how to break it up so that maybe different people from the buyer side can slide in and out of the room mm. so that they don't get bored if we're talking about you know, finance, audit logs, reporting, and maybe that's not interesting to the network engineering people. Maybe it is, mm -hmm. but at, at least giving them that flexibility to come and go as they want to. Yeah, yeah, because some of these demos can take hour, two hours, four yeah. hours. Yeah, if, if you're serious, and I've certainly yeah. seen two hours. When that ball plus. is slow. It could take a lot of time. <laughs> All right, how about you, Brian Preston? How All about right, you? What, what, what are the most three important things? What are the top three things I just heard from you guys? Well, number one was you have to do a little research in your preamble with the customer and have an idea of the framework of what you want to present. You have to have done your research. You need to figure out what they're going to do uh, or what they're most interested in. Number two was have a flexible presentation and be able to be adaptive to curveballs if they're thrown at you, which means you need to have a reasonably flexible model for your demo. That's mm -hmm. what I heard. Mm -hmm. And I also heard on, on Barbara's side, you need to have uh, all of those things as well as a well-formed presentation model that allows people to engage with the demo and move in and out according to their schedule and their time frame. And you also mentioned the same thing, which is you really have to have that uh, uh, understanding of the customer and what they really want to be able to see in order to present your best foot forward. All right. So, so now I'm going to switch it. Uh -huh. Take off your vendor hat. Now you're a customer. All right. How do you go out and try to pick, shortlist your vendors, and then when you get to the applied demo, we, we talked about the differences between canned and applied. What what are, you, what are your recommendations if you are the buyer? 
Well, I didn't finish my last one for Bubba, which Ooh. was the relationship you build with the potential customer. Mm-hmm. Now I switch the hat over. If I'm the buyer, mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is if I'm on the people that get shortlisted, I want to have a level of comfort and understanding of who those people are. And I want to trust that I, I believe what they're telling me. That's one. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're not even yeah. going to make it to the demo. All right. Number right. two is if they do their demo, I want it to be as real world as possible, given constraints of time and money. Don't come in and demo this with a canned video. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to be able to see this from the perspective of the billing systems. and What and is it for me? Make it for me. Tie it to me, to my, is what you're trying to say, right? Is yeah, I want tie you to, it to me. You need to give me a flexible, real-world demo of what that software can You do. better demonstrate that you understand what my challenges are. If you give me a bunch of PowerPoints, uh, I'll even forgive a spinning wheel just because I know how irritating it is for a little bit. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're just talking to me and don't answer any of my questions or demonstrate a knowledge, flexibility, or a skill set with the things I want to buy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you. How about That's you, me. Barbara? Put on your buying hat. Yeah. You know, first off, it's the do I like you, right? Um, When we're talking about these sorts of um, software application, buying, deployment, live with it for years, um, if I don't have a sense that the team I'm talking with are people that I want to spend a few years with. And a lot of money and years with, you bet. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's important to me as a buyer. How do I feel uh, about this? And a little bit to your point, Brian, is it, does it feel credible? Does it feel like the truth? So how do I do that? Well, I have maybe a few of those little bit of alligator questions uh, to throw at you to see how you respond. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's okay if you say, gee, I don't know. That's interesting. Let me think about that for a minute mm-hmm. rather than just answer something. There we go. All right. So we talked about the buyers. We talked about the the vendors. We talked about canned. We've talked about uh, applied. uh, A lot of fun war stories along the way, spinning balls of death, et cetera. But um, uh, hopefully hopefully that gives, uh, you know, our listeners a a good little sample of of this world of game day. So I'm going to switch it to game day. I'm going to put you on the spot, Mr. Preston. Uh, this this podcast will probably be delivered after the Super Bowl. And, of course, the Chiefs will have won. But give me a final <laughs> score, brother. What do you got? I'm always terrible at that. I'm going to say – on the spot. I'm Let's go, brother. 28-24. Good guys? Yes. Wow. All right. I am also – Going to go with twenty seven, twenty four. I'll probably be checking what our friends in Las Vegas really think the the over under is here right after we get off this call here. But and I might be putting you know, you know, a dollar or two on that. We'll see. Uh, Barbara, who wins and what is the final score? Go. Well, by the seat of his pants, the skin of our teeth, uh, it's the Chiefs and good old Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You're going with the homes? I love it. I am. I am in one of these last five-minute 
terror uh, situations again. Yep. There we go. That he's I love so it. good at. I love it. That's All the right. right answer. Otherwise, you would have mysteriously been disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so hey, just two quick, two quick thank yous uh, or two quick bullets. One is is that um, Brian Preston and there's a person that's on the other side of this camera by the name of Tim Pintar, who has uh, been advocating this uh, approach to establishing relationships with people uh, in our space. Um, it's interesting. I've showed a couple clips to family members, and they're like, I have no idea what you guys do. <laughs> uh, uh, I, so hopefully it's, it's targeted to, to our listeners. Um, you know, and, if, and if you like it, you know, you know, if, you know, give us a like or subscribe or whatever, whatever Tim you know, tells me what to do. Uh, but, but the amount of uh, uh, time and effort yeah, just to kind of do the production on one of these things. There's lights and cameras and wires and everything that I have no idea. But 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 Brian and Tim make it happen. So so thank you to both. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, appreciate it. Uh, and then and if, if it, there are if there are topics uh, that you'd like to um, hear yeah, us going on, about, I mean, hey, send them in. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we've, we've heard some uh, positive encouragement about uh, the approach that is hopefully relatable, um, um, conversational. It's it's certainly not um, uh, prim and proper, but uh, but no, it's it a, but it, but there's some folks here that I think have a lot of experience that we like mm -hmm. to kind of share. Um, and, and if you think you've got some interest or topics that you'd like us to talk to, man, let us know. Um, yes, please. And, uh, and if you think you got real game, come on Revenue Uncoded, man. Let's see what you got. Oh, come right. and play on the panel. That <laughs> would right. be the most fun. There you go. All right. Uh, until next week or until next time, whenever we do this, I think that's been another episode of Revenue Uncoded. What do you think? Revenue Uncoded. Uncoded. Revenue on three. On th and you have to say it too, Barbara. On three. One, yep. two, three. Revenue, Revenue Uncoded. Uncoded. Coded. 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 Coded.